Welcome to War Dove Podcast. Warring Dove International is a kingdom organization focused on building local and global partnerships, equipping ministry leaders, and raising up a company of warriors who, like a dove, have eyes to pursue one thing, the king. Thank you for tuning in today as our founder, Lisa McFarland, shares her message. And so he overrides your fear, and he comes anyway. But usually it's because you have asked him. Even if it's in, his, in your heart down deep, there's a deep desire for more of God. And so God comes, right? That's what stops the flow. There's another verse in 2 Timothy. I don't know where it is off the top of my head. But it says that they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power of it. Sometimes we can suppress it because we've been told that the anointing is, is not God. It's evil or it's the devil. Or we've been told that people won't like it. It'll offend them. Right? And we suppress or push down the anointing and we don't allow it to flow. Right? Those are things that can stop the anointing. But this is the season of increase. <clears throat> this is the season where God is coming. A few years ago, I had a vision. And God came and said, Lisa, I'm going to call many of my servants off the field. And I saw him like a, a lion. He was the size of a horse and his mane was completely engulfed in flames. He said, get on my back. And we began to run so fast. Only thing I could see was like fire. And the, the hair was blowing in the wind, but it was fire. And I'm holding on for dear life. And all of a sudden he stops. And he says, Lisa, that's how it's going to be. You know how God always says profound things like you understand what he means? Because he's a prophet, so he starts in the middle of a sentence too. <laughs> and I said, uh, okay. <laughs> and he says, no one's even going to see you. They're not going to see my servants. All they're going to see is my fiery love for them. Like that. It's going to come suddenly like that. Right? It's going to come like a fire like that. It's going to come swiftly. The Lord you seek is going to come suddenly into his temple. And then he said, look down in my mane. And as I looked down in his mane, there were like these eyes. Not two, more than two. I didn't count them because it was freaky. And God said, I heard the voice of the Lord say that scripture. My eyes are running to and fro the earth looking for those who have a heart for me. Right? And he said, I've called you off the field just like I called you to Africa, India, Nepal. Now I'm calling you to America. And I'm like, oh, God, don't send me to America. They don't want you there. They got lots of preachers. And the Lord said, no, me, no, I'm sending missionaries back to America and I'm going to bring fire. I'm going to visit this nation again. I promised their fathers and their mothers and I'm going to do it, Lisa. And he began to give me very specific instructions about what he wanted me to do. So, you know, we're, we're on tour now. It's a three-year tour that goes to 2020 to bring the fiery love, to awaken, to revive, to, to, to release power and increase and deepen the revelation of Jesus Christ all over the earth, right? We've already launched. I've been in Africa and now I just came back from Texas. But we are in a season tonight where God has come like a lion. There's an anointing. It's, it's the month when the king is in the field. You know, there, there's a fullness, even as him and a lion in the heavens above us tonight. What does that mean, Lisa? It means that God is anointing us with fresh oil. It means that the, the government that God talks about in Isaiah chapter 9, his name shall be called Mighty God, Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father. That the government will be on his shoulders. It will never end, right? That it will always increase. And because God's government is increasing, it needs to increase in you. The anointing of kings and priests must be poured out at this hour and us step into a place of authority and power that we have not really walked in before. And God is going to help us.
I want to read some passages to you. You could write it down. I didn't get a chance to type it out. Jeremiah 50, verse 41, says this. Behold, in other words, hey, look up and pay attention. Many kings shall be raised up from the ends of the earth. Right? Jeremiah's prophesying comfort to Israel. Listen, Israel, you know you may feel like it's bad right now and you're in captivity, but it's okay. God's going to send other kings from other nations, and these kings will come and minister to you and help you. Right? So I'm leaving in, a few, in about a week for Jerusalem. Right? It says in Revelation chapter 1, verse 5 and 6, pay attention. Jesus Christ, Jesus the anointed one, he's the ruler over the kings of the earth. To him who loved us, right? This is John. John's about to tell us about Jesus. And the first few verses of the book of Revelations, he says, you know what? Jesus Christ, you know him? He's the ruler over the kings of the earth. To him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests to God and his Father. Revelation 5.10 says it this again. And having made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth. Well, I thought Jesus was the king. I thought Jesus was the Lord. He is. But Revelations 19, 16 says this. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. There's an anointing. His name is Jesus. But God wants us to receive an anointing that comes from him to be a king and to be a priest. To be a king and a priest. And a priest. And if you can handle this, it actually started out as a prophet, a priest, and then a king. In the first days of, of God revealing himself on the earth, people moved under a prophetic anointing to speak as God's spirit came on them. And then they begin to be trained in the ways of God and operate as priests in the second day church. In the third day church that we're in now, we need to understand how to operate as kings. In an apostolic kingdom mentality and have this anointing of a king on our lives, in every area of our lives. You know, when you're a child, your parents do everything for you. You know, we used to go to the pastor. We had to go to the priest. And they had to tell us what God was saying. And they had to tell us what to do all the time. But God wants us to grow up. We're not princes anymore. We're not children anymore. We're his friends. And he has made us to be kings and priests. And he wants an anointing to flow on our life to reign in the earth. That's what his anointing is for, what he's releasing right now. Uh, one of the writers I was reading, his name is Dr. Swan, says this. When the king anointing is deposited into a person's spirit, right? So if God's pouring out an anointing of a lion, of a king, I mean, even Disney knows that God is moving right now. They've re-released the Lion King movie, and you flip it around on the back of the cover, it says, the king has returned. Right? Why are they releasing that? Why are they putting the play out again? Why is all the design and everything about lions right now? Because God, God is moving. And when he comes back, it won't be like a lamb. He's going to be like a lion. Right? He's not going to come back in submission. He's going to come back in reigning full on power. 
And he's releasing himself and his anointing on us as a people. Not to say, oh God, oh God. No, it's God. You are God. And there's no one like you. And release his government onto the earth. When this anointing is deposited in a person's spirit, it changes and transforms that person's spirit. It enables them and causes them to excel or have a spirit of excellence. You know what? You need this anointing. What's a king anointing? What's it for? It helps us rule. It helps us reign. It brings about dominion. What is dominion? I'll tell you in a minute. Government, subduing, enlarging your territory, leadership, provision, favor, glory, winning, overcoming, and power. All this is anointing of a king. In Genesis chapter 1, God says this. Let us make man in our image. Did you know that God created you in his image? Now you are not God and never will be God, ever. But God made you in his image. What does that mean? God has ears, you have ears. God speaks, you speak. God creates, you create. God reigns and governs, and you do too. You're his child, right? Children, whether they want to or not, actually do become like their parents. It's amazing. You think that guy's all cute? You better look at his dad. You think that girl's cute? You better look at her mom. Right? Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. God's talking to himself. And he says, we're going to make man like us. And let them have dominion or control or power. Let them have an authority. And he says, over the fish, the birds, the cattle, the earth, everything on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over all the birds and the fish of the air, over every living thing. Stop. God made me in his image. He wants me to have dominion. He wants me not to abuse people, not to push people down, not to use them selfishly, but to have an authority to govern, to shepherd over it. You've been made. That's why you want to boss everybody around. No. It's because, because God made you in his image. There really is something in you that you want to help people, that you want to have, you want to have an authority in your life. That's why when you feel out of control or you feel like you're not loved, you feel like you don't belong, you, know, you, can't, you, you don't feel like you have dominion, you feel rejected, you don't feel like a son or daughter of God. God created you in his image. He said he gave you power over, power over all, power over every, power over, over what? Power over all the things he said, power over all, power over everything. Everything? Yeah, cancer, disease, pride, rebellion, injustice, the weather, finances. You're a king. You're a king. And he made you in his image. And Jesus came down here as the anointing to show you what you were made to do on the earth. What you think about that? That's kind of scary awesome. People are hungry and he just prays and the bread multiplies. People are sick and he just lays hands on them and the anointing comes out of them and they get healed. People are tormented by demons and Jesus just speaks and says, come out of them. And they come out. Somebody's dead. It's not their time to go. And Jesus says, get up. And they get up. 
this storm comes and everybody's afraid that this, this hurricane that's over the Sea of Galilee is going to destroy everybody and ruin their economic gain and sink their ships. And Jesus just says, shut up to the wind. That's anointing. And you have been made in his image. You have been made in his image. Not that you're God and you go do whatever you want. But God, the anointing, abides in you. If my words abide in you and you abide in me, you can ask. According to his word, according to his name. And he says, will I not do it? Y'all ought to blow your mind. Nobody's even excited tonight. You should be, though. (laughs) We see people getting anointed. David was a little tiny shepherd boy playing his harp on the back 40. You know, they hid him out there because they didn't want him to be in the house. They, were, they didn't like him. He was like the, the red-headed stepchild nobody wanted to claim. His dad probably had an affair. They didn't want anybody to know it, so they hid him out there with the stinking sheep. And when he came around, they made fun of him and they mocked him. True story. He said, in sin did my mother and father conceive me. And he talks about people betraying him, even in church that were his brothers that he worshipped with. But something happened. One day, a man of God heard God say, Fill your horn with oil and go anoint me, the son of Jesse. I have chosen him to be a king. And he goes to the house. It's a day like any other day. Sometimes we don't know when the anointing comes on us. We don't know what the anointing's going to do. And the anointing comes, and he, and he goes by boy number one, nope, boy number two, nope, boy number three, boy, boop, 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 boy number seven, no. You got any more? Yes, I got one way out there, but you don't want him. He's nothing but trouble. That's the one I want. Go get him. Right? That's the one I want. Go get him. And the Bible says when he came in, the, immediately the Spirit of the Lord told Samuel, that's him, anoint him. And he told David, kneel down, and in front of all of his brothers who hated him, Right? Because you can't hide from the anointing. And you can't hide the anointing. Trust me. He pours that horn on his head and he, and he says to him, and he gets up. I don't even know if he told him he was going to be king. But maybe he did. He probably said, when you grow up, you're going to become the next king of Israel. And he leaves. And David goes back out, taking care of the sheep, playing his little harp. Right? The anointing comes on us. And sometimes we don't even know how it came on us. We don't know what it's going to do. But as soon as it comes on you, there is a transition in the heavens and something will begin to manifest in your life and begin to shape you and change you. You may not feel it right then. You may not see the results right away, but trust me, the anointing, Jesus has come and he's rubbed himself all over you and you can't wash it off. And it's going to do something. It's going to accomplish God's purposes in your life. Till we get to the place where the anointing causes David to stand up as a boy while all of the armies of Israel. Not just, you remember, Israel's got the fiercest army in the world. I don't think there's a nation on the earth that Israel has not kicked their butt except America yet. (laughs) The only reason they haven't kicked our butt is they don't need to because we're using their weapons. Right? And here this fierce army is terrified of Goliath who's standing out there screaming and yelling, not at the armies, but at God, saying, I spit on your God. And David goes, who's that? He's a young boy. Who is that? And they tell him, shut up. You're just a kid. You don't know nothing. And he says, no, no, no. 
Do you hear him? Who's going to fight him? Are you going to fight him? Are you, are you going to fight him? And, and all of them are like, are you crazy? We're not going to do that. We're not going to go witness to her. We're, we're not going to go tell people. About we're not going to go out there. You could get shot. We're not going to. I'm not going to give my money in the offering. Are you crazy? I, I, I might have any money left. And we operate out of this place of fear. But the anointing won't let you stay there. It will come on you and start moving in you. And like Jeremiah, you'll try to push it down. But it will be like fire. you go, I'll fight him. <laughs> I've been sitting in meetings where nobody would give money for a certain offering. And I'm thinking, oh, Jesus, please, God, don't ask me. I don't have any money. Next thing I'm like, Hah. I'm like, what? And the anointing just, Hah. Because you have pop-ups and pop-outs. You know, I'm like, oh, I'll do it. Right? I'm like, where did that come from? The anointing comes on you, right? The Lord you seek will suddenly come in into his temple. And you're like, yes, send me. I'll do it, right? And so, you know, David goes out. We know what happens. The anointing comes on him. He's not afraid. He runs out with a spirit of boldness. Runs to the giant. He says, you know what? Today, God has given you to me. I own you. And takes him down. And all the people are like, oh, no way. I love it. I hope they have replays in heaven. I bet God's like, pull that up. I want to watch that again. It's in his favorites, right? You know what? David, he had to know it wasn't David. It was the anointing. The anointing will make you do things you can't do. The anointing will make you braver than you could ever be. The anointing will come on you and then you'll just like be another person. Oh, that sounds like 1 Samuel chapter 10. Because when the anointing comes, you do change. Because the anointing's not you, it's Jesus in you, on you, coming out of you. And you need it. You need this anointing to be a king. Where will it come from? From him. He is the anointing. In 2 Samuel chapter 2, it says, The men of Judah came and they anointed David king. He was anointed. You cannot be a king without being anointed. Whoops, there it is. I can't be a king or priest without anointing. Where does this anointing come from? From the anointed one. From receiving him inside, from his word, from being in his presence. It's like oil. It gets on me. I can't wash it off. It soaks down into me. It surrounds me when the spirit of the Lord comes upon me, when his anointing comes into the room. And I ask him. I agree with it. I allow it to happen. You cannot be a king without the anointing that comes on kings. God pours himself out on you and empowers you to become like the lion of the tribe of Judah. 2 Samuel chapter 5, Therefore all the kings of Israel came to David at Hebron, and King David made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed a king now, not over a little bit, but over the whole thing. You know what? If you're not faithful with the anointing that you have right now, why would God give you more? Right? And it might come, and it, it, it might come, and then it's like you're you're put back out in the field. But it's not like God's going to forget that He anointed you. And then maybe you'll come to a place where you're you're anointed and you're governing, and the power and authority is moving in a certain area of your life or or ministry or your home or your children. And then as you're faithful with that, it'll increase. The territory will increase. You know why David's territory increased? Because the king anointing causes increase. Oops, there it is. What? 
Well, I don't want to be in charge of anything. Maybe not, but don't you like increase? Because the king anointing brings increase. Increase of what? Everything. Remember? Over. Over all. Over everything. Increase. God blessed us and caused us to multiply. That's what a king anointing is for. To be blessed and to multiply. Now maybe you've already had four or five kids and you don't want to multiply like that anymore. But I haven't met anybody that doesn't want their money to multiply. Doesn't want their favor to multiply. Doesn't want their health or strength to multiply. Doesn't want their relationships to multiply. Doesn't want their revelation of God to multiply in their life. You need this anointing. You need it. It causes increase. Second Samuel 5, 12 says this. So David knew, right? The anointings come on him. Things are happening. David knew that the Lord had established him as king over Israel and that he had exalted his kingdom for the sake of his people. The anointing doesn't come on you for you. It comes on you for the kingdom. David knew this. He's like, you know, it's not about me. God didn't anoint me because of me. He anointed me and made me king for the kingdom, Right? Mordecai tells his little scared niece, Esther, listen, do you think you're going to sit up in there in the palace and eat your bonbons and the rest of us are going to die? For such a time of this, you have been put there. You were anointed to become queen for the kingdom, not that kingdom, that kingdom. You need to pray. You need to do your job. The anointing comes on us for a purpose, to empower us to do something that we could not do without it. Second Samuel chapter 7, 26, David says this. So let your name be magnified forever. What? A lot of people want to be anointed so they'll be famous or they'll be great. Are you kidding me? You have no idea. So let your name, he's saying to God, God, I know that you made me to be king and you established me because of the kingdom for your sake. Now he says in chapter 7, so let your name be magnified forever. The Lord of hosts is the God of Israel. And let the house of your servant David be established. Stop. I need to be anointed. Without the anointing, I can't do anything. What kind of anointing are we talking about tonight? To be a king and a priest. The kind of king that causes me to be blessed and multiplied. To experience increase. Because there are things that God is going to ask you to do this year. That if you don't have this anointing, you're not going to be able to do it. You need the multiplication. You need the blessing. You need the increase. Did you hear me? You need the blessing. You need the increase. You, 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 you need the multiplication. I know because there's things that God's told me to do over the next few years that if God doesn't multiply my physical strength, my revelation, the anointing, the finances, a staff, open doors, it cannot be done. But I know that God spoke to me. God's anointing us for the future, for the kingdom. And God wants us to be established. Established. That means what God's doing in me is not going to be a one-time thing. It's not going to be a one day. Oh, no, it's like building a house. We're establishing a foundation. It's to be established, to stay, for it to remain. Jesus said, I, I, I pray that you will go forth and you will bear fruit and that your fruit would remain. remain. Be established. You're not blown about by every wind of doctrine. You're not over here, over there. He loves me. He loves me not. You're not double-minded. 
You're established. You're, you're rooted and grounded in love because the anointing and the anointed one is operating in you and you're blessed and you're experiencing multiplication on multiple fronts and you're moving in an increase, not lack, not a spirit of poverty that I've been preaching about for two weeks. No, you're moving in an anointing because the anointed one has put himself on you and in you, you're increasing like Jesus in wisdom, favor, stature with God and with man. We need to be anointed as a king and as a priest. You need it. Those of you that are ministers, you're not going to be able to move forward if you don't allow God to fill his horn with fresh oil and pour it out on your head. And even if you've been anointed for apostolic government or kingdom things before, David was too. He was anointed as a boy. He was anointed as a worship leader. He was anointed as an army bearer he was anointed as a general and he was anointed as a king over Hebron and then he was anointed king over everything don't tell me that you do not need to be anointed again you need to be established sometimes when you're about to be anointed or you're about to break out in the anointing that was on you, that was in hibernation mode, and now it's about to be activated. Right? Sometimes you've already been anointed, but then it's like you're hibernating. And you need to be activated. Sometimes you're like a crazy person. You have no power and nothing's in place because you've never been anointed. Some of you need to be anointed And some of you need to be filled with anointing. And some of you just need to be anointed again so that the anointing will wake up. This is the part, it's called the apex of ministry. It's when the anointing comes on you and the enemy knows, oh no, oh no. Now I don't mind when they're out there singing on the back 40 and they killed a lion and a bear. But now you just killed a giant and made people have faith. Now you've become a testimony. So the enemy will buck and kick. And haven't we experienced that last year? The bucking and the kicking and and overcoming and the trauma and the grief. If you felt like last year was the year of hell, maybe you might be in a season of anointing. In 2 Samuel chapter 5, it says, And when they heard that David had been anointed king, the Philistines came against him. You know what? If nobody's bothering you and you're not struggling and you don't have any spiritual warfare, hmm. Don't make me say it. Because I used to think that. You know, God, maybe I'm not anointed because it's terrible. Nothing's happening. It's so hard, God. It's so hard. The anointing on Joseph caused his brothers to make fun of him and tear his robe off, tear his mantle off, throw him in a pit and sell him as a slave. And that anointing caused the, the woman at Potiphar's house to come after him and he got thrown in prison. But the same anointing that got him thrown in the pit in the prison made him the second most powerful man in the world ever. Thank you so much for listening to Warring Dove International's podcast. To find out more about our ministry and how you can partner with us, please visit our website at wardoves.com. And if you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to leave a review, subscribe, and share with a friend. We'll see you next time on our next episode.